Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, April 18th. Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. That's the opening line of the Longfellow's poem, Paul Revere's Ride, which commemorates the famous event that happened on this date in 1775. Revere and two others rode on horseback from Charlestown to Lexington, Massachusetts, warning colonists that British troops were approaching. History buffs, do you remember the signal he relied on to start his famous ride? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's check in with the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for a look at your Tuesday forecast. And good Tuesday morning. Starting out needing the jackets this morning. Temperatures cool early on in the 40s and 50s, but we'll be in the 70s at lunchtime at up around 80 as we head into this afternoon. So a sunny sky, a little cooler this morning, warmer this afternoon compared to yesterday and much warmer tomorrow. We'll be in the upper 80s on Wednesday, Thursday, mid to upper 80s, Friday, mid 80s, mostly sunny sky. Best chance of rain's going to come through on Saturday with some scattered showers and thunderstorms behind that cooler as we head into Sunday high around 73. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. A Lowcountry family's frustration is growing after little progress in the case of the man accused of killing their son last year. Now, Quan Greer has been jailed since October after being arrested and charged in a shooting that left 17-year-old Sir James Anthony Robinson dead. His bond is still not uh, set following a bond hearing yesterday after his lawyers withdrew their motion. This is not the first time the defense has withdrawn their motion for a bond hearing. The state has claimed over the last few months, Greer and his legal team have been judge shopping. The judge has told the defense to get their papers in order for the next hearing. Greer has a preliminary hearing scheduled for Friday. A second legal team has filed for another bond hearing set for June the 26th. A Lowcountry pool contractor is facing several charges in multiple counties after customers say he stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from them. Thomas Riley is the owner of Lowcountry Fiberglass Pools. And he's been operating in the low country since 2020. Riley has already been charged and has posted bond in Charleston and Calhoun counties. During his hearing in Calhoun County, investigators say Riley continued taking deposits for pools he never built. And he used that money for personal use for paying things like his kids' tuition, fishing trips, and concerts. Customers are now also calling for the co-owner of the company, Mike Arendt, to face legal action since they say he was the one who dealt with the customers directly. No action has been taken in a request to dismiss a lawsuit involving disbarred attorney Alec Murdoch. Court documents show Manuel Santis Christian uh, filed the suit against Murdoch, two of his former co-workers, the former CEO of Palmetto State Bank, the bank itself, and Murdoch's former law firm, all over a car crash that happened in 2008. Santis Christian hired Murdoch's law firm to represent him. According to court documents, the law firm negotiated a settlement between Santis Christian and the defendants in the case. However, this new lawsuit alleges Santis Christian was never told the amount recovered and never got any money from the settlement. There's no word on when the judge will make their ruling on the motion. 
An arrest has been made in connection with the shooting that injured a state trooper this weekend. 37-year-old Derek Gathers is facing four charges, including two counts of attempted murder. The South Carolina Law Enforcement Division says State Highway Patrol Lance Corporal B.A. Frazier was shot during a traffic stop in Bamberg County Sunday. They say Gathers shot Frazier in the face and drove off, leading law enforcement on a chase before he crashed his car. Highway Patrol says Frazier is making progress. He's in stable condition. SLED says this is now the ninth officer-involved shooting in South Carolina this year. The Charleston Police Department has announced a formal review of its progress to implement 72 recommendations made in its 2019 racial bias audit. Police say the department has completed and implemented 71 policy and procedure recommendations involving traffic stops use of force, complaints, community-oriented policing, and personnel practices. To fulfill the final recommendation, Charleston police have requested assistance from experts to perform an independent progress review. The external review and assessment partners are scheduled to discuss the project and its timeline at a virtual meeting with the Charleston Citizens Police Advisory Council. That meeting is set for 6 p.m. State transportation officials are looking for ways to reduce conflicts between local and port traffic at Long Point Road. The public comment period is now open and you're able to send written and online comments until May the 17th. The public hearing for the project will also be held May 2nd from 4 to 7 at the Mount Pleasant Town Hall where you can comment in person or through a Zoom webinar. To find out more information on how to make sure your opinions are voiced, you can go to live5news.com and click on this story. Dorchester School District 2 is working on ways to make schools safer after multiple students were arrested with guns at different schools. The district and local law enforcement discussed what can be done at a school safety workshop. One of the biggest changes will be the use of the Unified Command Dorchester County Unit that you see right there on your screen. That's a truck which can serve as a central hub for law enforcement communication during emergencies. Other changes that officials discussed include communication processes, education about prevention, response, and repercussions. The group, along with Superintendent Dr. Shane Robbins, agreed during an emergency there needs to be a unified response from the district and law enforcement in a timely manner. A chance to sit down with Berkeley County School District Superintendent Dr. Anthony Dixon for one of the first times since he was named leader of the district. Parents and community members in the Berkeley County School District are sharing concerns within the district and brainstorming strategies moving forward. Molly McBride tells us about some of those parental concerns. This was the second of three meetings in the district's Nights In series, which consists of community members and district officials brainstorming what they would like to see in the district moving forward. Two main concerns brought up overcrowding in schools and a lack of mental health resources for students. Multiple parents in attendance last night bringing up overcrowding in schools, expressing concern that more development in the area will tax the district's resources even further. Dixon saying the district has a plan to address overcrowding, including adding a new elementary school off of Black Tom Road, a new middle or K-8 school in the Nexton area and expanding Hanahan Middle School. A lack of mental health resources in schools was another hot button issue brought up by parents. Dixon responding to these concerns, saying the district is addressing the ratios of guidance counselors to students, making sure they're at the state requirement or better. Says they're also working on expanding mental health and social work positions to better support guidance counselors who have a wide scope of responsibilities 
in addition to student mental health. The district has one more Nights In event in this series. It's coming up on April 24th and is being held in the Philip Simmons Clements Ferry Canehoy area. We have more information under this web story at live5news.com. Reporting in Monk's Corner, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. When buying certain things in South Carolina, like gift wrapping paper or livestock, you don't have to pay sales tax, but you do have to pay on feminine hygiene products. Despite being essential for many, these products are not tax exempt, unlike other medical use products. The bill advancing at the state house would exempt these products from state and local taxes. Advocates say around one in five South Carolinians cannot afford products needed for their period. Now, according to a fiscal impact report, local governments would lose more than $1 million in the state, $6 million a year if these products become tax-exempt. Advocates say it's a drop in the bucket compared to the state's $14 billion budget and would be a big help for residents struggling to buy those products. This could be another opportunity to save one place so that they can really have the essentials live in their current situation. It is important that they have all of the products that's needed in order to live in dignity. Feminine products are tax-exempt in 20 other states, and lawmakers, they're going to have to act fast as the legislative session will end in mid-May. The House Judiciary Committee is expected to vote on a bill involving voting safety reform today. The bill is called Voting Safety in Education and aims to educate the public on how to safely operate a boat. Right now, voter education is only required for people under the age of 16. The bill would require anyone born on or after July 1st of 2007 to take boating training before operating a boat or jet ski by themselves. Representatives say in the past five years, Berkeley, Charleston and Horry counties have become the deadliest in the state for boating accidents. According to the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, when comparing 2018 with 2022 totals, boating deaths have increased 46 percent in the state. A bill moving through the state house would redefine who a firefighter is. Right now, a firefighter in South Carolina is any person, paid or unpaid, who's a resident of this state and engages in rescue, fire, suppression, or related activities. The bill would change that definition to include non-residents of South Carolina who work here in order for them to receive benefits from the Firefighter Cancer Health Care Plan. If you haven't yet submitted your tax return, today is your last day to file. The South Carolina Department of Revenue advises last-minute filers to file online and choose direct deposit. That way, it'll be processed faster and more accurately. The State Department of Revenue also says if you don't think you're going to be able to file today, you probably need to request an extension. That would give you until October 16th to submit your individual tax return. Charleston County School District needs more teachers. Yeah, that's why school officials are hosting a virtual job fair today and tomorrow. Our Samantha Popovic, she joins us live from downtown Charleston. Samantha, how many positions are they looking to fill? Good morning. Good morning. Charleston County School District is looking to fill hundreds of teacher and school-based staff support positions for next year's school year for elementary, middle school, and high school. 
Charleston County School District elementary teacher recruiter Whitney Spain says last year CCSD hired about 300 elementary school teachers and says this year they're looking to hire the same number of people for both elementary middle school who best fit the jobs. Spain says CCSD is considering non-traditional route teacher candidates that could fill positions as well, which means candidates do not go to school for education. CCSD middle school recruiter Sean Connor says this year 300 people have signed up for middle school positions for both days. He says a priority for CCSD is those who are passionate about teaching and want to make the community and school district a better place. The event will be a two-day hiring session based on alphabetical order of schools, A through L for day one and M through Z for day two. Those times and locations are on your screen. Spain says principals are currently reviewing resumes and during the hiring process, potential candidates could have a one-on-one -on -one interview that day. The candidates are just going to log on. They're going to um, be able to pop into different rooms with the principals and some of their staff to discuss um, the openings that they are going to have next year. And um, there will be some, some principals that have previewed their resumes ahead of time. And then they'll be pulling those candidates into individual rooms to do um, interviews. Connor says candidates can apply up to two hours before the hiring event and principals are still reviewing applications on a first come first serve basis. Reporting live in downtown Charleston, Samantha Popovics, Live 5 News. At the top of the show, I mentioned Paul Revere made his famous ride in Massachusetts to warn American colonists that the British were coming. That was 248 years ago today. But how did Revere know how to warn his fellow colonists. As the story goes, colonists worked out a code, one if by land, two if by sea. The code referred to the number of lanterns that would be hung from the Old North Church. When Revere saw two lanterns, he spread the word that the British were coming by sea. Celebrating birthdays today, actor James Woods is 76, actor Eric Roberts is 67, actress Melody Thomas-Scott, she's Nikki Newman on The Young and the Restless, She's 67. Talk show host Conan O'Brien is 60. And Will and Grace's Eric McCormick is 60. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I hope you have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News. Country's news leader.